Bro, I just want to tell you, welcome everybody, number one. But number two, that last picture you showed, Ty, yeah. me and Al look like somebody's stepdad having to take like 10 kids to fucking soccer practice. And you well, are like, so we're going out. Like, you guys are the dads that don't have to take the kids, right? And we're the <laughs> ones that had to take them. If you go back and look at that picture, we're like, What's up, Willis? I got my Marine right, Corps, got my Marine Corps PT sweats on just for you, bro. Just for you, bro. <laughs> He did. He was showing them off earlier. Just for you, bro. Yeah, but What's he didn't up, have Willis? anything but those on. It was kind of embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, that's all I had on. Yeah, well, let's <laughs> tell, tell Julie, man, we tried. We'll see you, but they let us down in the, in the end. But she probably feels like I do. We got cheated a touchdown. We should have won that game by a point. But that's neither here nor there. But shots out to Julie because she rolled with me the whole way. Yep. All right. So I told you guys I got a question. So today – Yes, I do anal. Sudden, oh, sorry. We know that already, dude. That's not even a question. That's like a fact. Yeah, like there's a difference that. in a question and a fact. Yeah. No. Uh, so I was I was walking in the kitchen. I started humming like a song. So Becky said, this person sings that song. And I was like, no way. That person sings the song. But when you look it up, actually both people sing it. So going back to Cali, who sings it? Going back to Cali? Yeah. So that's LL Cool J. LL Cool J and Notorious B.I.G. B.I.G. sings it too. Yeah. Which one's yeah. better? LL Cool J. LL Cool J. Bro. It's the original. LL, bro. Okay. The original's always better. With the lick licking. Yeah, oh, damn. Look at People, I'm just I'm asking going, questions. Going bop, bop to Cali. Cali. It's not the same. Yeah, shake it. Shake it. Take it. One of them were on that coast, right? I mean, that's kind of funny. Yeah. How are they going back? They were never there. Just, you know. Well, you know, he was there before. He went to Cali before, but, you know, yeah, they, supposedly, they supposedly banned Biggie from California with the Tupac <laughs> beef. But he made a song saying he was going back anyway. And then yeah. when he went back, that's the last place he ever Look went. And Becky so what's, like, yeah. what's the response from Becky? Hell yes. What, what Hello, Was cool she right? Oh, she was Hello, right. Cool okay. all the way. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. You know, you Is know you can't. On, on NCIS, like on the, on yeah. the West. Yeah, but this is. But this is the thing. You yeah, know but he lives there now. He's like famous and shit in movies. You cannot argue with a lady when it comes to LL. His name is Ladies Love Cool James. Ladies know about LL. Yeah, so when, when, when if you try when, to argue, then you might like, you know. I, I do want to buy LL some chapstick. He'd be licking his lips a whole lot. Like he, don't need no, he doesn't need chapstick, man. That's why he, he, he yeah, that's, that's a signal. Man, lip, lips dry as hell. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, look, see, Becky's right. I, look. I'm a sheltered person. I'd only heard the uh what? The Ziggy version. I didn't know. You never heard it. Oh, you've heard I'm going, going back, exactly. back to Cali. So when I That's said bad. it, I was in my conviction, like, this is the one who said, and she's like, you're yeah. dumb. And then when she sang the bars, White right? Crack the of bread, honky. White know, crack of right? bread, honky. <laughs> like, it's a very tough time in our country. Let's let's not say that out. Yeah. That's that's an inside joke with me and Quentin. We'll, I'm sure we'll hit that. <laughs> crack her ass cracker. Yeah, exactly. That's out to Becky, man. She knows her LL, man. Matter of fact, uh, I'm sure I she have, does know her LL. I have, some, I, have something, <laughs> I have something for Becky. I'm gonna give her that I got from the concert when I was. Some of his drugs. Some of his drugs. Sweat, dude. Some, don't do that. I'm fucked. No, no, man. She just needs. A, she needs some good Rock the Bells uh, merch, man. I got some for her, and uh, I'm gonna give her because I got two. So okay. she, some she, of his sweaty draws and, and sweat bottled up. <laughs> Becky's gonna be a. Uh, Around the way, girl. They're gonna be framed yeah. <laughs> above the TV. I've been like, damn, I gotta look at this shit every day. Yep. 
You just gotta be happy when she wakes up and be like, "It's jiggling, baby. Go ahead, baby. It's jiggling, baby." Oh, okay, there wow. There you go. Wow. Hey, but you know what? When you said earlier that we, you look like, what did you say, soccer, soccer dad or something like that? Yeah, that bro. I need well, love, girl. Well, I tell you what, I gotta give a shout out when you say that because my wife in Brooklyn right now are at volleyball, and then, like she's she gets off of work and got to take her to volleyball practice, and then they're there and she's all day. And I know sometimes she's looking at me like, "Dude, what's up?" But I had to get on the podcast. I can't not, not go. Like, we already had this in place. So, shouts out to Renee. This is Renee. This is what they call known activity. Yeah, known activity. Don't know what that is. Scott I'm, will explain what known activity is. I'm yeah. shouting out to BJ, bro. That dude runs like baby Derrick Henry on the field, bro. He's like a man among boys. He's running people yeah. over. And it was crazy. I, I said yeah. that to everybody I knew. Like, bro, y'all need to. Like this dude's probably gonna be running the ball at Georgia. Let's cross our fingers. You know what I'm that saying? video was serious. When I watched it today, I watched it like 15 times in a row. And the then I, the only thing the I could say was, "Did you make this?" Because nah, I, I didn't make that video. But did you see the one where he broke out and then he sprinted and then he slowed down and then, and he then took oh, yeah. off again? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little stop and go. I like I got, the ones where he re, re, got him with the he, stop and he, go. Uh, where he changes field, like he's yeah, he's obviously one direction and he just and cuts the other, the other way and. Man, I got some. Yeah, I, got some I really don't like it that direction. I'm gonna go the other way and show you. I can still run that fast too. He's catching passes. Yeah. He's running up. I'm like, damn, bro. Yeah. Pump returns everything. But I, I got some videos when him and Cameron, him, Cameron, and Donovan were little babies, man. And we were in the backyard in Georgia, and they were doing the same stuff. But now to see it full speed all the way growing. Well, you tell cool. B, you tell BJ. I noticed that the one where he fumbled was not on there. The one fumbled his career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. He picked, well, he back, up and and picked ran it back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, oh, I got to get a video. Check check this video out. Who was that? Uh, you know who that was. That was the greatest of all time. That was the greatest of all time. Oh, it's so great. Sir Michael Jordan. Sir. Well, speaking of the greatest of all time, speaking of people that are uh, high on the list, Ty Cobb. I know we're talking to uh, somebody today that's higher on your list, so I would think it'd be the appropriate time for you to go ahead and introduce this gentleman and bring him on. Okay. I uh, actually met this gentleman. I, th I don't know when I met him exactly, but we deployed together in 2001 to Kosovo. So we were in Kosovo when 9-11 happened. Uh, and then we deployed together multiple other times uh, at Fort Campbell. He taught me so much about the military decision-making process, prioritization of work, he also told me how to, what's the word, uh, be a hard ass, I guess. Uh, I, I had not really known how to be a hard ass. He's really good at being a hard ass. So uh, he taught me a lot of that. Uh, this is uh, Quentin Smith. He's one of my favorite uh, people in the military. He's actually in my book of heroes for the military. So let's, uh, let's welcome Quentin Smith, military police officer, retired first sergeant, veteran business owner in the Augusta area. There it is. There he is, bro. Yes. That was a really yes. long ass resume, bro. Hey, what's up? Like, I'm, I'm intimidated now. We got, we, we got to follow that. You know, yeah. we love our gate guards. Just saying. Yeah, Ty, you got to, <laughs> you got to bring him in all the way, full screen, so we can see him, man. I'm, I'm oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to bring him, bring him in. Let's see. Now, what you what got in the got background here? there, man? You had a, what you had a monkey with a baseball cap on in the background there, Ty? What is that? Uh, it's Chewbacca with a baseball with oh, Atlanta okay. Braves cap on. That's Chewbacca. Chewbacca yeah, That's one of Tatum's masks. Quentin Smith, what's going on, sir? Not much. Nice to meet y'all. Nice to you meet too, you, sir. Yeah, welcome to the circus, you dog. <laughs> welcome to the shit show. <laughs> yeah. 
So where did you grow up, Quentin? Thanks, Kyle. I grew up in uh, South Florida. Mm -hmm. We talked about that a little bit earlier down in Naples. Um, um, moved down there when I was about eight years old, bouncing around prior to that other states through various reasons. Um, stayed down there, graduated high school down there and joined the military. And 30 days after graduation from high school, went over to Miami to MEPS and flew out to Fort McCullen, Alabama from there back in uh, July of 1992. And that kicked off the long career in the military from there. 1992. So what, what motivated you to join the military in the first place? Well, I wanted to be a cop and I wanted to be in the army. So why not join the cop or join the army and be a cop in the army? So I, I went as a military policeman. Military uh, police. 92. What's that? You were, you joined in 92. 92. Yeah. Nice. July 92. Mm. I was so you went to uh, airborne school right after OSINT training, or uh -oh. no, I went. I went to um, airborne school when I was stationed in the old guard. I was walking down the hallway, and the two stars said, "Hey, you want to go to jump school?" And I said, "Sure, let's go." Well, that's how that happened. That happened. That happened a few years later. Sounds fun. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Is he going? Is he going dark for you guys too? Sorry about that. A little bit. A little bit. Oh, no. Okay. 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 So now, yeah, I was walking down the hallway and two stars, Hey, you, you want to go to jump school? And I said, yeah, I went over to the Pentagon got a physical. Uh, I had one done in two days because I knew somebody over there and I was off to jump school from there. Damn, so, bro. You yeah. gotta be pretty high on the food chain to know someone in the, yeah, Pentagon. bro. To have somebody in Pentagon check your butthole and tell you to turn your head and cough. That shit is fucking real. Like that is real. So jump school, man. So jump school means you. So, so just for, I have it right. So there's a perfectly fine airplane that flies very well and you decide to go up in there and jump out of it to make sure that your parachute works to see if you could so you can jump out of a perfectly fine plane and land and land on the bottom is that am i am i right or uh, kind good of sort of good old fort ben in georgia can you hear us quentin i don't think you can hear yeah i don't think you can hear him I don't think he's got us right now. Let's see. Hey, he needs. He, but to answer your question, he's definitely Scott, military police. Quentin, you definitely military yeah, police, yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah. You better call the, it Camo. <laughs> to answer your question, Scott, the answer is yes. That is exactly why you go there. It's either that mm. or Quentin said, "Fuck Scott." He doesn't want to have to answer. He don't have to answer <laughs> yeah, your questions. Yeah. He was like, "I don't have to." He gonna ask me shit. And checking yeah. my police record right now. Yeah, he he's and right he probably, now. Yeah, it looked like he's. Yeah. He pulling your background right now, bro. Running your tags and shit. So you got an outstanding warrants. Yeah. Let me call him real quick. Was he? Hey, he only has warrants in Denver. Can't get <laughs> me in Houston, bro. Yeah, you don't have nothing in Houston. I'm clean in Houston. <laughs> Y'all know how that is, though, man. If you're if you're on your uh, on your uh, Apple computer and somebody calls you on your phone and it calls, yeah, he's gonna you he's probably gonna have to log out and come back in just yep. because that that phone. It happened to me so when somebody calls for all of a sudden you can't hear shit. Yep. Well, we'll bring him down, Ty. We'll bring him down and bring him back up when he gets when he uh, pulls his stuff back up. Uh oh, defund hey, the HOA. Fuck that HOA, bro. He's motherfucking taking yeah, my money. So let me. Hey, let me they, ask they, you. they don't uh, enforce. No, go ahead, go ahead, man. Listen. Go ahead. So when you wear that shirt, did they automatically want to make you the president of the HOA? Oh, bro, they don't even invite me to meetings. I, I'm like, I got a question. How come we pay HOA? <laughs> you said I have a question. We pay HOA dues, <laughs> and I still see people parking on the street. They ain't bringing their fucking grass, uh, garbage cans in. The grass ain't cut. I got an issue. I'm paying y'all $100 a year. that dude when you were in uh, like the all-hands call 
with like the officers, right? The admiral's there or something. Hey, and everybody's like, anybody got a question? Al's the guy that raises his hand. Everybody's like, fuck. No. Be here for a while. I was the guy that when I came in, they gave me the, the little, the little uh, index cards with the questions I was allowed to ask. Like, if you're going to ask some shit, you can ask all yeah. these cards. And I was like, fuck these cards. I got a question. <laughs> so you don't stick to the cards. That's what you're saying. My, my number one question is, how does a CB pull up his socks? Hmm. You can do it. Oh, the podcast will be canceled, but essentially you take your pants all the way down, you pull your socks up and then you pull your pants up. They didn't. Oh, that's true. I did it. I did it and got a command coin for it, but they were not happy with, with it. They were not. I'm just, but I'm saying it's because you got to tie the blouse and strap at the top of your pants. Cause that sticks at your, your knee. And then you've got the actual blousing strap at the bottom. You gotta make them things tight. So the only way to pull your socks up is to pull your pants down. Like and this. I went, and I went, we were in the field, we were on a field X and I went bare ass. I was drawing, <laughs> hey, draws and all pull my, and the Admiral was like, uh, that's fucking impressive. I was like, thank you, sir. I'm here all day. Oh, look at that. Quentin, look at Quentin that. you back with sound. Can you hear us? We can't hear you. Yeah, we can't hear you. Look at that. Becky said that might be January's t-shirt trap. Yeah, yeah. Be on the lookout. Yeah, Quinn's on mute. There he goes. Can you hear us, bro? Yeah, he can hear yeah. us. No, we got no voice from you. Dang time. Log all the way back out and log back in. Turn it off and turn it on first, Sergeant. <laughs> yeah, he ain't taking a shit. Was he in the bathroom? He's taking a shit. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey, you know what's gonna be so- now we got the jokes. What was his fucking ASDAP score? I need to go check his shit. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Listen, obviously he was a gangster at leadership because he didn't have to do shit that required to get it done. You know well, what I mean? He was like, listen, this is what we co- need hey, done. And then it got sound, done. He sounds country as shit. Like he sounds like he might hog tie your ass. Like he sounds so like he's probably like yeah. this fancy phone. Oh he, All he these might buttons. just tie an ass whooping off, right? Like yeah. He, oh. he might be in there beating somebody's ass right now. Like I told y'all to pay the phone bill. <laughs> How's that? You there, Quentin? Yeah, I can hear y'all. Hey, there, there, we go. Go. Hey, there we go. <laughs> all right. Hey, just for ignore cut. the last five minutes of Al talking yeah, shit. Yeah, it's yeah. all good. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for coming back, Q, because because <laughs> yeah. it was about to get crazy and hey, we just let Al go. Hey, no, Quentin was Quentin was on the phone with ATD. He was like, I will come down there and I will kill your whole family. I will wipe you off the Do face. You and they were like, have a very particular set of schools. Yeah. They were fixing his shit fast as hell. Like, we're sorry, sir. <laughs> That's a, a when we were deployed, he used to pick up the phone and be like, "Come to my office." <laughs> I'd have somebody, to fix hey, this shit. Somebody in Saudi Arabia right now is freaking out because he called and they were like, "Holy shit, sir!" And they were like, oh. <laughs> "All right, where where, where, where were we? Where were we with uh, Mr. Quentin no, Smith?" This is where we were. I'm gonna tell you where we were. I asked him. He said he went to jump school, and I asked him. So you mean to tell me that you went up in a perfectly operable flying airplane and jumped out of that shit with a damn parachute just to see if you could touch the ground? And make sure well, the parachute opens. Qualify for it? We did it willingly and with a smile and ready to do it again when we hit the ground. So the first time that you went up damn there, right. you were okay. You, you, you were good. I tell you, know you what, what, I was more relaxed and more, it was easier to jump out of an airplane than it was to rappel out of a helicopter. Yeah, wow. repelling sucks balls. I yes. would I wouldn't mind repelling from a helicopter. Oh, I'm not jumping out of a perfectly oh. flying airplane. No, when you when you jump out and you're floating down, you have a little bit of control of that parachute. 
Um, you're just free of everything. There's nothing around you. Right. Well, until you that splat, until that's that splat, because <laughs> it'd be me, they'd be like, hey, who you got a place parachute? Yeah, I got it. It's got to be in a plane like a freshman yeah. on prom night. All, all make sure he looked into the, he, he he was paying attention in the class that's, you might have to pull your secondary. That's what they did. Oh, yeah. Guy. Yeah. My thing would probably be like, rear, 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 rear. the question was that uh, he was, he was stationed at Fort Bragg. So I'm pre- how many jumps do you have? You have at least I 30 did, of them, right? No, I only did 25 because we were deployed so much. But I did get to go to jump master school while I was there. Um, and that was a very rewarding school. We started out with 98, and they brought us all into the classroom, and they showed 98 of us our diplomas and made us check our serial number and our social security number, all that. And they said, "All right, hand them back, and half of you will half of you will never see it again." And they were telling the truth. Wow. Uh, we, gra- we graduated with 48, you know, almost 50 percent attrition rate. Shit, as long as they didn't hand y'all a bunch of fucking iPhones, y'all would have been okay. You had to hand y'all some iPhones. <laughs> the whole class would have failed. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's just like in the army, you have soldiers calling at all hours. Now I got customers calling at all hours. All hours. And they don't they don't care either. <laughs> hey, you see, you see that, Scott? Look, he said uh Samuel Williams over there said jumping out of an airplane is just like getting in a boat designed to sink. I agree with him on that. Hey man, I know Sam. What's up, Sam? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But a boat is not designed to sink. By the time that boat sinks, I'm out of there, man. I'm you gotta remember Scott. Out look, I can't believe you just said that. I have less deployment time than you, and I know that a boat is a submarine and a ship is a ship. So boats are designed to know, sink. I didn't know the difference. I was yeah, like, man. Yeah, they call know. submarines boats in the Navy, and ships are ships. There's a difference. Well, yeah. Well, by the time my ships would have enough time to sink, I'm out of there. I'm already. <laughs> I'm. Not, I'm. I found something to float and get my ass up out of there. I'm not going out like that. That way, you would have been like, I can fly this helicopter. I'm gonna take my chances. I'm gonna take my chances on the ship because at least if something happens, I got the second option to swim. If I jump out of a plane and something goes wrong, I'm an oil spot. That's it. I'm I'm good. I'll I'll take my chances on being shark bait (laughs) or you know, saying floating on something and getting to the shore, staying on the island. I'm good. (laughs) <laughs> all right, so all right, all right, 19, 1992. That was a good time over there. You know, I, I would, yeah, that's a culture shock for your liver, too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And for your army medics, all the syphilis y'all probably had running around in Germany. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about all that, but yeah, we, had, <laughs> we, we drank a lot of beer. I know that much. We'll talk about that offline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. So, so, uh, talk to us about, uh, deployments and when you met this guy named Ty Cobb and how that was and a little bit about uh, what you guys did together. Uh, Ty and I actually first crossed paths in JRTC in March of 2001 in preparation for Kosovo. Uh, and then we crossed mm-hmm. paths again in Kosovo. See, I know more about our relationship than Ty does. That, that hurts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we crossed paths again there in um in kosovo and i was at station at bragg at the time he was at, at fort campbell 
because you know there was some smack talk and we were airborne mp company and they weren't and that's all it mattered so but then going to uh korea from there and got sent over there for a year or two ended up being three years altogether ended up going to iraq from korea so i was there for a total of 18 months altogether um that definitely put a strain on on your personal life your married life and things like that and then you get over there and the one thing one common denominator we had at every installation we ever went to was alcohol and that was the one thing that we always seemed to uh um migrate to on the weekends and whatnot especially when you were in korea hitting that soju that stuff was not good for you but i remember soju Soju tents, yes, sir. So I remember yeah. when we went to Korea with the bees and we talked to the Korean firefighters. The first thing they told us make sure you hit the soju tent on the way out, do mm-hmm. not hit that thing on the way in. And we had a guy that didn't listen. And we yeah. got up one morning to pour concrete at a job. This dude was trying to fight himself in the bathroom, dude, because he couldn't figure out what the walls were there for. And then once he busted out, he's looking in the mirror. He's like, what are you looking at? We're like, oh, shit. We're like, he did the soju on the way in. Sounds like my son, Austin, when he was in the Marine Corps. Yeah. That soju's no joke, dude. Yeah, that that stuff is not fun. Yeah. It it hits you hard, too, and you're not expecting it. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know nothing about the soju. Yeah, it's, so it's clear and it has no smell. And once you mix it to a drink, it tastes delicious. It's like, oh, it's like drinking fruit punch. And then you're, mm. you know, from there it's downhill. So, Al, that's how you woke up. That's how you, that's what crossed you over. Shit, bro. Hey, that's soji. <laughs> that's soji. Well, I, I'm kind of with uh, Quentin on this one. Like, you know, I, I don't know where he was, where you were going with it. I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm assuming um, you were going to talk a little bit about the, you know, that culture, that alcohol culture in the military, which I'm, I'm uh, is that what you're kind of about to talk about? The just that, that culture, right? Yeah, I was going to get to the full story of that. Okay. Uh, building up to it. Um, but yeah, I was in, I was in Korea for, I was 12 months in, had orders back to brag. And the commander walks up, says, You're taking your platoon to Iraq and took the orders back. Um, so that's what happened there. I went down to Camp Buka, working at the time or detainment facility down there. Uh, out in the middle of nowhere, just over the uh, border of Kuwait and Navstar. Um, so it got done with that, went back to Korea, then went back to, lost my orders to brag and ended up at Campbell. And that's where Ty and I re- reunited for an extended period of time there. Yeah, we were, uh, where, where were we in, HHD or 561st? Yeah, I went to 561st right after it's uh, 101 deactivated. Right, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. Stepped in there and then uh with first arm Bobby Parks, now Sergeant Major retired. Mm. You know, he got the final one on one MP company guide on, right? Well, he deserved it. It's sitting in his office. Or it was when he was at Fort Polk when I was when I was the G six NCOIC. I'd walk in there and send pictures of it to random people every other day or so. <laughs> Don't tell Brandon or CSN. Oh, I sent it to Brandon for sure. Yeah. Woodring knew too. Woodring knew. I bet they were were upset about that. They they all said, Where are you at? I I couldn't tell them where I was, but I guess I just did. Yeah. (laughs) Well, does that matter now? I mean, you know, statue (laughs) limitations probably up on a company got on that got deactivated, what, 2005, I think was when. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, uh, shout out, Black Velvet, Jay Buchanan is uh, on the on here watching us. So, shit, my boy, my boy, Jay, oh, Black, oh, Black Velvet, shout out, Black Velvet. What is that, Velvet? All right, go <laughs> ahead, Q Dog. 
So, Ty, I think the next time we actually deployed together, because we went separate ways on the next deployment, because 561 went to Bagram after that. Yeah, I was with you in Bagram for 561. Thanks. Oh, that, that, yeah, we were in the same company. Then we get we yeah. got reunited again when HHD went over. Talk about who knows the relationship better. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm older than you. I can forget things. Yeah, you were third <laughs> by like a minute, maybe. Uh, you were third platoon in, in that first deployment. And then at the end, yeah. you, you went back to be the HHD first sergeant. And that's when we built the all-star team. Yeah. That's what we, uh, to get ready to go again with Sergeant Major Palmer. Right. Um, that story has been told by Berto, Berto fight on here. So, oh yeah, that's, that's a pretty crazy story, but. Yeah. So it was just nonstop. I would say from 2001 <clears throat> until 2010, when I finally left Campbell, come down here to Fort Gordon here in Augusta, it was literally every other year I was in another country. Um, and when you come home during those rotations, you're different. Your wife is different. Your kids are different. But the only thing that was the same was that bottle of Jim Beam. And that's where a lot of people turn to. And, and I, I was one of them. I dove right into the bottom of it and stayed there for quite some time during my time in the military. Um, you know, it took a long time to get out get out of that bottom, get on to recovery, and to get the life going back again. Um, but that carried on down here to Fort Gordon. You know, you go from a place like Fort Bragg, Fort Campbell, where it's balls to the wall, kill everything you see, 100 miles an hour, and you come down here to Fort Gordon, it is nothing. It's all trade-off, and it's all, you know, privates running everywhere, instructors running everywhere. It's not the, you know shoot them up and move on to the next one kind of atmosphere that Ty and I grew up in. Because you were the provost sergeant major there, right? Yeah, I was the provost sergeant major for a little bit there towards the end. Um, sergeant Major Mulcahy, you remember him? Oh, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was down here with us. He um, he got deployed. So while he was gone, I filled in his shoes for that year. And then when he got back, I retired. So I kind of walked out of that, that position there right. um, with Colonel Bush. But not a knock on Fort Gordon. Fort Gordon is a really nice place to be, especially if you're trying to tone it down and demilitarize because you can't, it's hard to get out of a place like Fort Campbell and Fort Bragg and walk out of those barracks and then walk over to corporate America. You know, your mind's not there. Your mind's not right. You're, you're, yeah. Your mind is still in the battlefield. Your mind is still in the motor pool. Your mind is still at the range. Um, your mind, you need to defrag yourself. Um, and Ty and I were talking about this earlier where, you know, you get so wrapped up and so gung-ho about the military that your uniform becomes your identity and you don't even know who you are anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't even know who Quentin is anymore or Ty is. You, don't, you just don't know who you are anymore. And when you try to get out of the Army and transition into the real world, nobody in the real world gives a shit if you went to combat lifesaver school back in 95. Nobody right. cares. Nobody cares. And if you think that that is school, that's just an example. If you think that's going to get you a job, forget about it. Hang it up. Um, and you you look at these people's resumes, and I've seen the resumes resumes now as a business owner. You know, I did this in the army, did this in the army, did this in the army. You know, you got to translate that. You got to find yourself. You got to find. You got to reinvent yourself, so to speak, to be a trans out, transition out of the military. And you know, Ty and I both know quite a few people that actually retired, but couldn't find their identity. Couldn't figure out who they were. And they ended up taking their lives. And, you know, we don't want that to happen. You know, that's the last thing we need to do. You know, so if we can reach people 
you know, start finding your identity, you know, a year or two before you get out. Start making that plan a year before you, you get out, two before you get out, uh, figuring out what you want to be, you know, because you don't want to do it the way that I did it. The way that I did it is I crashed and burned, hit rock bottom. You know, I was drinking a fifth a day, ended up in the hospital for a month, died twice that night. I went to the hospital, fight, fought seven paramedics on the way to the hospital, um, just showed out all kinds of ass on the way over there. But when I came out of there and started that road to recovery, each day of recovery, I started getting more and more of who I was back and who I wanted to be. And then you'll start figuring out your drive comes back, your motivation comes back, who you are, who you want to be. Uh, it starts to come back. And, you know, once I got well enough and got better, better enough, I went and took a job at Lowe's delivering and installing appliances, way overqualified, didn't need to be doing that job, but I had to do something to get my feet back on the ground to get out there and start doing something. And, you know, I had to reinvent myself. And, you know, that, that took off into the endeavor that I'm on now. Um, but not to belabor the point, you know, if, if we can drive this point home to anybody that's listening out there, is don't let your identity be the military. Find who you are and identify who you are. You know, ask yourself, who am I? What do I want to be? What am I bringing to the table? What can I bring to the table? You know, you've got this history. You've got the values. You've got the um, the ability to work together. You've got the knowledge. You've got the leadership. You know, if you walk out of there with a degree, you've got that. Um, a lot of your NCOES schools and things like that will translate to, you know, leadership skills and things like that. But we've all heard the saying, don't let your resume wear combat boots. And a lot of people will get out and do that. And they think because I went to ANOC, oh, you owe me a job. You know, these people out here in the civilian world, they don't know you shit because they don't even know you. Half of them don't even know what the Army is because every time I go to a customer's house now, what'd you do in the Army? I was an MP. Oh, okay, let's go look at this refrigerator. You know, they don't, that's all they care about. And then move <laughs> on to the next thing. Um but you know, if you get a guy that you that you're in, that was in the military, I've run into a lot of guys who are at the 101st. You know, I can sit and talk to those old timers for hours because they got some stories. Yeah. Um, so no, it, it's it was a hard lesson to learn, but I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't go through that and learn that and still have everything that I got while I was in the army to have alongside it. So you know, I wouldn't wish that path on anybody. So if we can reach somebody to avoid that path and get help now, you know, if you've got a drinking problem or if you don't know who you are and you're getting ready to get out, um, you know, I was also going through a divorce at the time. I was six hours away from my kids. There was a lot dumped on you. It's one short period of time and you're sucking from a fire hose trying to figure life out real quick. And Jim Beam does not help you. Jim Beam is not your friend. Um, that's Damn. just going to compound and make the situation worse. Bam. Thank you. You put a lot of stuff out there, man. But I want to tell you straight up, bro, you badass, man. And I'm glad that you pulled yourself out of that shit because your story is what needs to be told and needs to be heard out there for people who got into a dark place yeah. and couldn't figure out a way to get out. And I'm going to just tell you, man, you are a badass for being able to figure it out. However you did it, however slow, however long it took, you kept waking up. You kept trying and you're still here, man. So I commend you for that from the bottom of my heart, man. Hearing your shit. That was that was real talk right there, brother. That's what that's what that's what I like to hear on this podcast is the success story of that. Because you didn't get you didn't get catapulted out of it, man. You dug, you fought, you fought, you know what I mean? For your, your kids, your family, yourself. And shit, even if you had to take a job at Lowe's, like you said, you knew it wasn't where you needed to be, 
but you still got up and did what you had to do to still be here, man. And that that's that's the story. That's the that's the true championship trophy right there, man. Is that you're still here and you did that. So I just wanted to give you that while I'm here, man. Before I forget it, for at least off my mind, man. For sure. I appreciate that. This is uh this is what working uh for, for Quentin was like. I was he was in charge of me in one shape or another through three two two deployments like directly like i worked directly for him pretty much um because i was always with him Uh, he was like i was like his battle buddy along with uh, another guy named david rupp who i have a long history with but we were such a group that he made us you know he had some fire behind him but he would let us learn our jobs learn the peripherals around us and then adjust the way we we're going to do something our own way. And then once he figured out who you were, because he would map out everybody he had in his formation. Once he mapped out who you were, he had put the right people together and shit just worked. So just like now, we would talk to each other after I got out in 2017. I was because I was like hardcore. I was a hardcore guy to be just a support guy, you know, so we would talk back and forth to each other on the phone just to keep each other sane. Like he was getting ready to retire. I was already out or, you know, what, whatever the case may be. It, it's just great to have someone like him that is able to wax poetic. Uh, thanks for the shirt. By go. The way, yeah. <laughs> to wax poetic about things and speak directly to me. I trust what he says. I believe in what he says. And so he's one of them people like me and me and I'll talk about. You can call him. It doesn't matter when. And you're simpatico. You're just like you're right there. You know what things smell like when they're describing something. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's that's what Q is to me, and, and as well as Woodring and Birdo, because Birdo went on these deployments with us too. I think he deployed two out of three times with us. But yeah, so it's a very close knit group that that I was able to be around. So when I hear the other people talk about all the shit that happened in their units, I had such good leadership in front of me, all these people that I talk about, I did, these people were all in the same unit. Like we were all together. It was a span of 10 years, but man, the leadership I had, and this is, this is just a guy, you know, another one of my fucking yeah. awesome leaders. So yeah. So hey, Q, thanks for that. Q. That's out, man. Q, a question I have for you though, real, real fast while we're talking about a little bit. So, uh, so, cause I'm, you know, trying to figure out how I could tie it into where you can help so we can help somebody who may be similar in, in their mindset, right? Can you can you tell me or tell us a couple of things that kept you motivated to where you didn't give up? Like, you know, when, when you when you have those moments where you're like, man, hell with this shit. Look at look at where I'm at, man. I'm drinking this every day. I'm, I'm feeling like this. What are some of the things that that you use or what were some of the motivators that got you to where you were able to get up, wake up and, and still keep pushing? That's a good question. I've been asked that question before. And one of the reasons that I dug myself out of that hole was my daughter told me when she was like seven or eight years old, she was like, daddy, I need you to be there to walk me down the aisle. And if that don't punch you in the mouth, nothing else. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the second thing is I got tired of being the way that the viewed the way that I was being viewed. Um, I got tired of not having credibility I got tired of my word being tarnished, you know, being labeled, you know, all that. And, you know, you have to reach inside to overcome that. You got you. It, it takes a lot of self-discipline, um, self-worth and self-pride to get yourself out of that. And, you know, as time I can tell you, I'm pretty fucking stubborn when it comes to things sometimes. And I made a goal and set my plan and in motion. And, and that was it. Uh, I wasn't coming back from, from a, 
I wasn't going to go down that road again. Um, I can go into a bar right now, sitting right next to a guy drinking a fifth, and I wouldn't even touch it. Wouldn't even think twice. Wouldn't even look at it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's how far gone I was. I was at, and you guys know as well as I do, you can preach to your blue in the face until that guy wants to stop. He's not going to stop. Yeah. Until. Well, thanks. Oh, until, I'm sorry. Until I wanted to stop drinking, nobody was going to make me stop drinking. Mm. Um, but no, it, it just took took my daughter saying that to me, and then looking in the mirror one day and saying, "No, this is this isn't me. I got I got to figure this out." Yeah. Well, I was going to say you touched on it earlier, and, and it, it, it it rings true probably for everybody that watches our podcast, right? The culture of the military, unfortunately, right? That's the culture, right? Every every battalion party, every, um, you know, Christmas party, mid-deployment parties. There's not a party, there's not an event in the military where it's not centered around alcohol, right? Even when we, I mean, Matt can tell you, Scott could too, when we make chief and we, we drink from the grog and we do all these, and we toast with port wine, it's all, it's, it's very alcohol centric. Um, and it brings up like my, you know, my son Austin, he's, he's on here watching too. And me and him had a conversation quitting about that same culture, right? Cause he was in the same boat. He was uh, David Nellie, the Marine Corps ball, the Navy ball, the khaki ball. It is, it is a, hey, this is what we're doing. We're getting shit faced. We're showing our asses and Lord forbid you show up late tomorrow. Cause then we're going to fucking hammer you for doing what we, what we told you to do. Right. But my son was in the same boat, right? He was in the Marine Corps and he, he grew up around me, you know, and, and I tell him all the time, I think my son joined the Marine Corps about 10 years too late, right? Because, you know, he got an alcohol incident in, in his in his tech school or his A school. And then, you know, a couple of years later, he had another incident um, and then ended up getting a DUI and, and getting out of the Marine Corps. But the problem was the Marine Corps didn't have a good support system to say, hey, maybe this, this, this young Marine needs um, you know, help. Maybe we get him into some kind of treatment or we, or we, whatever, right. They still glorified it. Cause he was, you know, he was still in the barracks and he was still, it was all, it was the same thing every night, right. Everybody's cracking a beer, everybody's drinking. And before you know it, that becomes a, a big piece of the identity of the, of the military. Unfortunately, I mean, you, you nailed it. I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is. Everything revolves around that. And then when you get out of the military, like you said, that's what you've been doing for 20 plus years or 10 years or however long it's been, it almost becomes a little bit of our identity because that's how we cope with stress. Or that's how a lot of people do, right? Hey, I'm having a rough day. I need to grab, I'm going to grab a drink or, you know, that's just becomes kind of the norm, right? That's how you unwind. And before you know it, if you're not careful, that shit can get away from you very, very quickly. Right. So no, absolutely. I mean, you were spot on. Yeah. It, it grabs a hold of you and it won't let go. I mean, my, like I said, Berlin was my first duty station. We had a company party and the company bought, you know, this big 50 gallon trash can, you know, full of beer. And that's how the party started from there. And then you people leaving from the party, getting DUIs. Yeah. That was command sponsored alcohol. Mm-hmm. And the command um, hammers you, then, then they hammer them. They, they throw yeah. the book at him. Right. I mean, shit. We used to well, joke. I'm sure y'all did the army. You couldn't even make E7 in the Navy or the Marine Corps. You couldn't make gun unless you had at least two DUIs and had been to Caps Mass at least once or twice, right? That was kind of the norm. Like, yeah. you'll make Sergeant Major, but you got to have at least two DUIs. That's how you do it, right? I mean, that's, that's just <laughs> right. how it is. Hey, uh, Quentin, we're going to yeah. uh, take a break real quick. So uh, don't don't go away. And when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, your journey out of alcohol. And I definitely want to talk about your business. Uh, mm-hmm. So okay. we'll, we'll get right back to it. Be right back. Yeah. 
Get ready to groove to the electrifying sounds of DJ Royalty, the maestro of mixing who knows how to turn any event into an unforgettable dance sensation. Royalty Entertainment is here to bring you the ultimate musical experience straight from the ones and twos in your ears and through your body to activate them dancing shoes. Get ready to sweat, party, and have a good time while your DJ needs are being blazed by none other than me, DJ Royalty. I have spent years crafting together a DJ entertainment empire that promises a customized blend of musical tracks, mixing mastery, and top quality sound, all while providing a vibrant ambiance to accommodate any of your DJ needs. Royalty Entertainment Services is your premier one-stop shop for top-tier musical entertainment and is hosted by yours truly. For more information, reservations, and booking, feel free to look around the website at GoDJRoyalty.com. I am DJ Royalty, and this has been another Royalty Entertainment production. Yeah. Got Your Six Culture is a veteran-owned t-shirt company that's making a powerful impact, one t-shirt at a time. These guys are simply badass. Whether you're a proud veteran or a family member or a patriot at heart, you're going to find the perfect tee that speaks directly to your soul. But wait, there's more. When you shop at Got Your Six Culture, you're not just supporting veterans, you're supporting American small business. You're also supporting the dream of veteran-owned small businesses around the world. And these guys put heart and passion into everything through designing all their t-shirts right here in the USA, ensuring you have top-notch quality in every design that you purchase. Show your appreciation for veterans and first responders today and head over to GotYourSixCulture.com and browse their amazing collection of products. And guess what? Our friends at Got Your Six have a badass treat special for our listeners. Use the code TRIPLETHREAD at checkout and get an exclusive 15% discount on your purchase. So show your support for our heroes of country and community. Shop at GotYourSixCulture.com right now. And don't forget to use the code TRIPLETHREAT at checkout for an additional 15% off. Hashtag same flag, same oath. You've served your country. Let us serve you. Buying a home can be a stressful process. At Veteran Mortgage Solutions, we have decades of experience qualifying your benefit income and making it part of your credit profile. We help veterans obtain mortgages at great rates with better terms. This is our dedication to America's warfighters. What's up, everybody? It's Ty from the Triple Threat Vet Podcast. Just reminding you that the book by Vincent Rocco Vargas, Borderline, is out. I've got mine on Audible, but I actually got a hard copy today from my wife. So uh, on Saturday, 2 December at Project Halo Brewery, Brewing, uh, I'm going to get this signed. So can't wait. Yeah, that, uh, hey, Amen. I, I didn't realize that that was going to show us while it was showing the video. Hey, yeah, man, yeah, your boy Black Velvet said he should get you should get him in there ready. You need that silky sounds of the Nighthawk. Let's go. Give me a call. We'll we'll, we'll get you on the track. <coughs> but just so you know, we don't pay no royalties yet. <laughs> when my bank account's set up, I got to check in in the savings, and uh, you know. Hey, hey, Black Velvet, you need, you need to get out there to Germantown and watch a. Uh, DJ Royalty's son 
just just busting them over the head out there as you know killing the game. So get your behind you, you. I know you live in that area, bro. Get out there to Germantown, bro. Support you support go. BJ. Yep. All right, Q Dog. We were at uh you were coming out of it and you you were resoluting yourself that you were gonna do it, and that's the only way it's gonna be done. So uh how how did that kind of turn into where where did that happen in relation to you retiring? The I retired in January 14 and the crash happened in June of 14. Okay. So we're coming up to almost 10 year to the 10 year mark. So at, at what point were you able to identify, because I know that you're very self-reflective and, you know, you're going to come up with a plan on how, how it's going to happen. But when did you become aware that some of the mental things were coming down on you real hard to, to make you, you know, just stop cold Turkey. I'm never going to drink again. Like I, I know, I know it, but it, how do you, how would you just, I know how you are, but how would you describe that initiative that you have to or intestinal fortitude? It's one of those things where you, your body starts to shut down, your mind starts to shut down, um, and you just physically can't, you physically can't go on like your brain and your mind still wants to go on your brain, your mind still think you're this physical specimen that was in the military, but your body starts telling, you no, you're, you're done. You're, you're, you're about to go down for good if we don't make some changes around here. And, you know, you, you have some, some bodily functions that aren't supposed to be happening the way they're happening. And you start seeing things that aren't supposed to be happening. And you just realize that it's time to make some changes. Um, from the, from the mental capacity of what it was, like I said before, you know, I just got tired of the way I was being viewed and the way I was thought of and the way people treated you because you were labeled of that of a drunk, you know, or something like that. So when um, you say that, that's that's what I wanted to ask. So you, when you say labeled, yeah. were you labeled like this in the military? Yeah, I perceived it that way. And, that, and that's another thing about alcoholism is that you're paranoid about everything. You know, right. does my breath does my breath stink? You know, did the commander smell? Does the commander know? Does does the two stars know from the meeting? You know, because you know you come in on Monday morning, the whole tune smells like a brewery, so you can't tell who it is. Um, but on Thursday morning, why you still smell like that? You know what I mean? So right. you you start second guessing yourself, and you start losing losing <clears throat> self confidence because of it. Um, you know, and one of the biggest regrets I have from it too, from the military, is what it took away from those soldiers that didn't deserve that. You know, that, that that's an apology owed to each and every one of them as well. You know, especially being a first owner of a, of a line MP company and not being who I could have been for them, being hundred percent for them. You know, that that's a big regret that I'll take with me forever. Uh, and even the last three years at Fort Gordon here, that's not who I was, you know, when I was an E6 or an E7, you know, still kicking in doors back then. So but yeah, your your body will tell you when it's time to move on and when it's, it's time to make a decision. Basically, um, your body will tell you, and then you know you're psychologically you you got to make a decision. Um, you got to make some decisions on what you want to do, either pull yourself out or just stay there and you know and wallow. And you know I, I made that decision, and here we are. So when you were going through the uh, the after part, you know you went to the to the doctor and then. Um, you came out of that, you decided to make the change, right? So did you just right. go in like cold turkey? I'm going to go into like an inpatient program. Did you do it on your own? If you could, if, you, if you're able to or you're willing to, like describe the journey of what it took to you get to the point where you are sober 
because sometimes people just don't know where to start, right? Yeah. They want to do it, but hearing someone's story on how they accomplished that sometimes can help. So if you if you're okay with sharing it, like what was your process to help you get through that part and what kind of things helped you get along that? The one word that I can use to describe that process is you have to submit to recovery. And if you don't submit to recovery, you're not going to, you're not going to recover. Um, and what happened with me is, is, is I died in the living room floor and the ambulance came and, you know, my kids saw it too. And, and that, I can't take that back either. Um, and they, they took the ambulance, came and got me and, and two or three days prior to that, I already made the decision. I didn't want to do it anymore. But when you had been drinking like that for so long, you can't quit cold turkey. You know, that's LSD is the only thing worse than alcohol coming down off cold turkey. Um, coming off cold turkey will kill you just like you were drinking. Yeah. Um, so if you if you're in that situation, you can't go cold turkey because that'll that'll make the situation 100 times worse. So I was in the, in, the, in the hospital getting pumped full of things to kind of make me drunk again so I could come down slower instead of just because my blood sugar was out of whack. You know, I couldn't keep water down, nothing like that. Um, but I knew it was, I knew that was the beginning of the process. And by then I had submitted to the process. And once you give in and submit, you're going to win. Yeah. So <clears throat> coming coming out of that and, and submitting to that and doing those things, like what, what are the – today, I know that you said you can go into anywhere. It doesn't matter where it is. You could sit down. You can talk to people. They can have their drinks. They can have their good time. That doesn't really tempt or persuade you anymore. No. Um, no. What, what are some of the things people – can do to to get to that point i guess i would ask is you know like for you it doesn't bother you but i'm sure there's 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 coping things that maybe you have to do when you're around those people to be like okay i know i don't need it or are you at the point now where you've submitted to it so much that you're like it's not a big deal anymore i don't need it because i know that i've given it up you know because sometimes there's a difference in that and i think just hearing how you view that would help people that are also looking for that same uh way to 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 go a different direction, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, it does make sense. And the best way that I can explain that to is, is reinvent yourself and repurpose mm -hmm. yourself. And that's what I did with being a business owner. Um, you know, the same head of steam that I had as a first sergeant or a platoon sergeant is the same head of steam I had as being a business owner. And, you know, being a business owner, I had no idea about anything. You know, we had an S4. We didn't have to worry about that kind of crap. Um, so you're learning all that stuff on the fly, but you know, you got a franchise there to help you. Uh, the Mr. Appliance franchise and a neighborly franchise, um, you know, they have kind of found new identity through them. A lot of their core values are the same we had in the military. So it was an easy transition into that. Um, you know, if anybody's interested in franchising, I'd have a lot of contacts for that. Um, that's a good way to repurpose and re-identify yourself once you get out of the military. Nobody in Augusta knows me as First Sergeant Smith. Everybody in Augusta knows me as the appliance guy. And So were you doing that before you made the decision, or is this the thing that you found that you're like, hey, I think I can do that, and that's going to take up my time. It's going to help me, you know, like you said, reinvent yourself, because entrepreneurship sometimes is you've got to be buried in it, right? Like you can't yeah, just half-ass that. Like you couldn't half-ass the military. So is that like – the thing that led you on that journey or were you already thinking about doing that before it started when actually when i was working at lowe's when i was pulling myself out of that rut up when i was working at lowe's um i knew i wanted to open a business at some point but i didn't know what that business would be or at all 
Um, I had a franchise coach, uh, Liz. She was great. But it started when I was working at Lowe's. And they, I saw these people throwing these appliances away. And I was like, man, we could fix these things and, you know, make some money off of this stuff. So between that and wanting to be a business owner, Mr. Appliance kind of fell in my lap. And it was, you know, it was a love first sight and took off from there. Nice. Quinn, so kind of on the laws of Matt saying, so that obviously worked for you. That's obviously that's that that process may not work for everybody. Are you active in any type of support groups? Are you, you know, do you, do you work the 12 steps? Are you doing, is there any other stuff that you do outside of, you know, it, being engulfed in your work and, and being focused and motivated, right? Cause everybody probably is, is not as like us, right? We're motivated individuals. We're driven and we're, we're driven towards a mission, whatever that mission is, whether it's a civilian job, are you involved in any type of support groups or, or do you have resources and support groups that help? No, and um, you know, I went to the VA for the PTSD, that kind of uh, training or um, counseling, so to speak, you know, through that. But it was one of those things where, you know, my story is going to be different than everybody. You know, you're, everybody's different. Um, what drove me was an internal drive, an internal fire to re reinvent myself and move on. I didn't, I did not do AA, I didn't go to any um, alcohol counseling. I didn't do any outpatient or inpatient treatment. The only reason I was in the hospital was to detox. And once I detoxed and was healthy enough to function on my own, then willpower and stubbornness and drive took over. Got it. You know, and, and that's that's just a personal identity. Yeah. You know, that's not a no, cookie no, cutter answer. Right. No, no, perfect. I was just curious. I'm, I'm sure, you know, like you said, you have, you have kids. So I'm sure that's obviously a big motivator and a support system, but I just didn't know if you, if I couldn't tell if you had went through a, a program or, or that you just went to the met through the medical detox portion of it. I was just yeah. curious. Yeah. It was a lot detox. of the therapies that I think that, that Quentin and I kind of threw back and forth at each other was like immersion. Like we would, we would talk to each other for five, 10 minutes on the phone, three or four times a week sometimes. And then it would get less and less. And then sometimes we would check back in with each other. So I think that's, I went to the way of the VA as well. And then therapy did work for me, but I, I do find that that, that core group of people that we had at Fort Campbell in the early two thousands that went, you know, to those early on deployments, they've all stuck together. We're in a, we're in a, you know, a text group right now. And that's very therapeutic to have those like-minded. They understand what you went through. You know, they understand your buttons and understand that you may be acting like, you know, you may be getting overwhelmed for no reason. So they know how to put you in check without it. You know, kind of like we we've developed that guys, Yeah. you know, it's, it's a small unit mentality and that's kind of what all the leaders did. So yeah, I know. I know he was. He he, he does a twelve step program to to go through his day because I mean he plans everything. He's like a freaking genius with uh all that logistical stuff. I'll never say this to his face, but yeah, I, I, that's why he and I got along well uh, together. I, he was like he was literally like my big brother. You know, I could call him and just we could check in with each other, and that's. Man, that's that's a great feeling to know. And, and now, still, we can still talk, and he'll he'll say one word like, "Yeah, good talk," or you know, uh, Ty, you know, uh, all kinds of crazy jokes, inside jokes that we had just to check on each other during all those deployments. I'm sorry, I, I'm waxing poetic. Thanks for the shirt again, Matt. I <laughs> know you're good, bro. So okay. tell me, 
when you decide, you know, when when you went into this this journey of opening your business, you know, I'm I'm a little bit interested about that because there's a lot of times that uh, we get out of the military, right? We want to go work for corporate America, but there's a lot of people that have dreams of working for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So as you started to go through that, I heard you say you had a franchise coach. Was that franchise coach only for the business that you went into, or is that somebody that you were like connected with through another program that helped you choose a franchise or how did that work? She provided plenty of choices. I mean, she provided like, Asbestos removal, carpet cleaning, vending machine operations, any small business or big business franchise that you could think of, she could get you on that path and down that road to getting started with it. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing that, that helped me get started with it, and you know, as veterans, we all qualify for it, was an SBA loan. And you know, that's a you know, that's your investment capital to start up your business with. And as veterans, we're all eligible for it. So it's shit me, shit me, Quinn, shit me. My credit scores are low, bro. They don't give me shit, bro. They, <laughs> hey, they might, they might come here and repossess some shit. They might be like, oh, we're gonna take all that. Shit me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, she, my coach offered all kinds of uh, opportunities, and like I said, as soon as he offered, uh, said Mister Appliance, and I was just working at Lowe's. I was like, that's a no-brainer. That, that was meant to happen. So where did you where did you connect with your coach? Like, is there a, an organization you went through? Did you go through the S? Did you go through the SBA? Did you go through the VA? Like, how did you meet your coach that ultimately helped you pick the business you were going to own? Uh, the word networking is a very important word in in the business community. Just like it yeah. was in the military, you know, it's who you know, who knows you. But the yeah. word networking is very important. So I got connected with Liz to so a friend of a friend you know, that put me in her circle. Now we're in each other's circle. Um, but word of mouth, getting out there, putting your name out there. Um, there's a program called Vet Fran. And that's specifically for veterans wanting to franchise. And it was started by uh, Mr. Dwyer, which is now neighborly. But Vet Fran has spent millions of dollars in um, reduced franchising fees to help veterans get on board as a business owner transitioning out of the military. military. Good deal. I like it. So when you say that you were you were able to do an, an SBA loan, like as a veteran, you qualify for it. Uh, right. And I'm just trying to help people get some education on the entrepreneurship side of coming out. Is that something that is only for veterans or is that like a because I know veterans qualify, but as right. a specific loan for veterans to the SBA or is it one that any small business owner can apply for? Well, SBA stands for Small Business Administration. So right. I'm assuming it's for anybody. Uh, but don't quote me on that. I can't speak to that. Man, uh, sure. fuck, man fuck them civilians. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that I've read up a little bit on like the SBA and they do have like a, a, a sector there where right. they can help veterans with entrepreneurship. So do you, uh, did you join like your chambers of commerce where you're at once you were starting to network? Did you join, you know, they yeah. have BNIs, they have networking yeah, groups, or did you just use that? that old adage military guy that you were like, I need some stuff. I need to go talk to some people. You know, there's yeah. different ways to do it, but how did you approach your networking? Like what, what helped you the most? The same thing we did, we'd go if we went into a third world country, you got to get out there and get boots on ground. You yeah. got to introduce yourself. You got to let them know who you are, BNI's chamber of commerce, every meeting you could possibly go to pan, passing out business cards. Uh, when you get your vehicle wrapped, that's your daily driver. So everybody knows you're out there out and about doing your thing marketing advertising you know just the same thing same way when you guys promote the show um you know, your marketing because you know we're google driven 
without Google, we don't have a business because we're a need-based company. Um, so it, it's a need-based need you now kind of thing. Um, so we're, but yeah, BNI was a big thing. Um, the chamber is a big thing. Uh, advertising and working with those folks out there, having sponsoring luncheons for insurance companies, think just whatever you can think of, just to get your name out there. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, we, I started this in, in October and we didn't go live until January, but from October to November was kind of like the equivalent of the hours you put into in basic training. Um, okay. You got to put the work, you got to put the work into it. And, <laughs> you know, now we've been doing this for seven, eight years. And my daughter comes down here and she's like, you make this look so easy. I was like, it wasn't easy. You know, you've got to, you got to build this up. Yeah. You know, just and like, I'm you know, sure there's correlations between, yeah. you know, running a platoon or running, you know, a, a garrison and, and trying to get all that it mass is. chaos yeah. controlled because a lot of the military is controlled chaos. Once right. you find the rhythm in business, right. like it'll fall in place. You'd be like, I know how to do this. This yeah. is just like this happened. So I find <laughs> sometimes with what we do is trying to equate what we're doing to some of the stuff that I did in the Navy, right? Like, oh, this is just like, you know, doing an in-doc. I need to right. teach you how to do these things. or I need to show you this program. And so I think that uh, all that training you're given in the military leadership wise or just being a soldier or sailor or whatever in general, it helps you prepare. We just don't realize that while we're in, you know what I mean? It's, Right. It's an afterthought. We just think we need to go get a job somewhere, but it's good. Matt, I, didn't, I didn't know about the vet fan program. And if that doesn't work, you know how to, you know the old saying, you know, when in doubt, waterboard it out. You know what I'm saying? Just show up <laughs> to your local chamber of commerce, start waterboarding motherfuckers, and they're going to give you loans. They're going to take care of it. Just trust me on this. <laughs> yeah, I can uh, increment. I mean, he would make incremental phone calls to me just out of the blue and say, hey, you know, I just won you know, the best so-and-so in this uh, area. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's great. You know, so what's next? And he'd be like, you know, to get top gun in this category. And then he would call me, you know, six, eight months later, Hey, guess what? You know, here's a, here's a picture of my trophy. And we would check in ever since, you know, we got out, just check in with each other all the time. And, and uh, I've seen him go from being in the military where, you know, I looked up to him tactically and, and personally, we, we were always around each other. Now I'm almost done. Always around each other. I've looked up to him. And then now to see him uh, as such as a, a successful veteran business owner, like I look forward to each year. I, I almost look up Mr. Appliance and I use them here because he owns some three uh, franchises over in, uh, you know, the Augusta and South Carolina area. That's why I use them here in Houston. So, I mean, he's so goddamn good at his job there that I use them here. So nice. nice. So I'm his wife, biggest, I'm so his biggest cheerleader, man. I love this dude. If I get handcuffed to my refrigerator, I can call, I might be naked, but you could come in, get me out of the cuffs and repair my shit. Yeah, that's a, that's an easy one there. Yeah, appreciate <laughs> that. Like it happens all the time too. Ah, yeah, another Thursday, dude. You'd be surprised what we walk in. I can, oh, I can, oh, in Augusta. So me and Matt were actually. I wish you would. We would know you were there. We were not too long ago. Uh, we were in Augusta, and it was yeah. like this is a real. And I'm from like the Columbus, Georgia. Area. I was like, oh, this is a shithole. Like, oh, outside of the golf course, I wouldn't live with this motherfucker to save my life. But yeah, next time we're out that way, bro, we'll have to we'll have to link up for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Julian Henderson was asking us real quick. Uh, the name of the program is Vet Friend. Victor Echo Tango, Foxtrot, Romeo Alpha, November, right? Vet friend. Yeah. yeah. 
And then right here for you, uh, Julian got your six is, is giving you a link there. If you want to go ahead and copy that down, that's where you can get information on the program. So that's good. So, I mean, now you're, you're up, you're moving. What's next for the business for you? You know, as you, as you do entrepreneurship, right? Ty was talking about uh, you needed to win an award. You wanted to get to another level. So I'm sure like the future of what you're looking at, are you looking to branch out? You're going to open more. Like what's your, what's your plan going forward now? Are you just comfortable where you're at? Well, we kind of shifted focus because when you, when I first started, you know, the, the goals and the ambition were to spread out. Um, you know, because it's an ego thing at some point, too, when you're dealing with that. But the bottom line suffers when you spread out. So if you could stay close, narrow in to home and go deeper into your market, then your your bottom line goes up. Your top line may go down, but who gives a shit about that? You care about the bottom line. Mm -hmm. uh, and the bottom line, you know, if that goes up, you know, I've got this thing going for another 13 years. And, you know, my daughter graduates college there, you know, there's a chance that she could step in and take over the business and keep it running. You know, she's got something to walk into the, you know, it's like shake and bake ready made, but yeah. as far as myself, you know, my exit strategy to get out of the business and what it looks like for the next 10 years is along the way we're doing investments, we're doing savings, you know, 401ks, you know, so when I walk out of here, when I'm 61, you know, I'll never pick up a tool bag again. And, I, and I'll be sitting at the lake house or on the boat. You're and what do you find? That's awesome. That's yeah, right. What do you find are your best investments that you're going to jump into, especially for like a retirement focused thing? Well, right now I have a, a financial advisor and we allocate so much money to him a month and he he distributes out where it needs to be. Um, so I don't know if you're doing in the stock market, but the way the economy is right now is actually the best time to buy. Um, because everything's so so bad right now but when it gets better it's going to be good yeah so that's kind of the 10-year plan to go like that you know all the wars and stuff like that are great you know rookie of the year top gun you know best appliance repair and and, and augusta you know all that stuff's great but you know just like in the army you know cls school in 95 top gun and rookie of the year is not going to pay for my retirement yeah. So you got to think like, you got to think, you know, 10 years down the road, what am I doing for myself in 10 years? Very true. Very true. And this is what pep talks were like when he was my first sergeant. Yeah. You did your fucking job. Now move out. Here's the next mission. <laughs> I'm just glad my kids ain't listening to first sergeant, Just, just tell me I did a good job. Yeah, what do you mean you want some time off? We give you Saturdays and Sundays, maybe. No, man, I, I got so much latitude from the first sergeants that were in charge of me. I, th I think they knew I was I was uh, a pretty weird dude. Yeah. So. Well, you know, they always was, ask, like, don't you get eight hours a night? That's time off. Yeah, exactly. So. It's, hey, it's, it's getting about that time, huh? For sure. For sure. It's about that time. So just a quick question, Quentin. Has yeah. there ever been a time where you've been really nervous to answer a whole bunch of questions, i.e. like being in a police lineup? question for a crime anything like that no first time not, for not everything right it's the first time level. for everything right because our, our man scott has got a whole list of questions for you so uh just get ready to get into the hot seat my friend okay
Scott, we can't hear you, Scott. I might have hit my button. How about now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just rambling now than anything. But I said for this time, it would be unfair for me, Q, I feel, to throw you in the official hot seat. Right. Okay. And the reason I say this is because this. To me, you are an American hero. Truly an American hero, just by your story, just by the way that you have reinvented yourself and come out of a time that a lot of people would not have come out of that time. So for me to question you or put you in a hot seat to me would be a disadvantage when I feel like there's so much more that I can get from you by answering you a different these questions in a different way, if that's okay with you. It's going to be the first time done on the show, but because in honor of you and who I know that you are, I want to do it this way. Right? Okay. Yeah. You have succumbed what a lot of people have not succumbed. And for that, I think that's testimony enough to empower people who are watching. My question for you, not, and it's going to be 10, but it's not going to be a 10 question about things that are irrelevant as far as music and stuff like that. I would like to know for you, give me 10 people who were impactful that was your support, your support source to get you from your downtime to now that you want to especially give a shout out and appreciation to for you being where you are looking at retiring from somewhere else. Now you woke up, you've done it. You still here, you, mm. man. You, you, you said yourself that you died and came back. This is your new life. Right. And you're here, man. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm, I, you are an American hero to me. You are a super American hero. We've had some badass people on the show, but your story is what I need to keep on pushing forward to the people who are watching. But I want to put you in the hot seat and you can just tell me in any order how you want to, the 10 people who have got you back on your feet, being strong, who was your support group that got you back to the Mr. Smith that you are today? Well, the first two people I'd have to start with are my son Garrett and my son daughter or my daughter Kaylee. Um, with with their just being around them, knowing that they're gonna be back to see me or be around each other and the reestablished relationship that I have with my two kids. Um, you know, that's worth its weight in gold, obviously. Um, but those those two are heroes to me because of the way they stuck by me and the way they were always back came back without judgment without bringing it up without you know without worrying about the past with them you know it's with it, your kids you got a clean slate with them so th those two are my heroes as well um you know the night that i went to the hospital that night there was a friend of mine karina gilly you know if it wasn't for her um helping me out through this stuff and, and you know she actually took my kids back to uh almost all the way to tennessee that night to get the kids back to their mom um, so she, she was a major help in, in all that. Um, you know, even my ex-wife is on that list too, because not one time did she badmouth me. Not one time did she discredit my, my name to the kids. Um, she was always supportive, you know, through the recovery. She was always supportive through the military as well, but I screwed it up with alcohol. Um, so, you know, those four are definitely on the list. Um, Ty is on the list as well. Um, you know that you, you've heard the bond all throughout the show tonight, um, but Colonel Bush is on that list as well. Um, Colonel Bush and Sergeant Major Mulcahy 
were my last two um, senior enlisted advisor and colonel before I retired out of the military. And, you know, still close friends with Sergeant Major Mokay today. Um, still get happy birthday wishes from Colonel Bush all the time. Both of those were great men and they weren't, again, they weren't judgmental. They knew it was a problem. They knew it was needed to be addressed and they knew that it was getting addressed. But both of those men were there to help and support through that. Um, um, I don't know what number I'm on now, but, you know, I alluded to it earlier in the um, in the show. The soldiers at Fort Campbell, the soldiers at Fort Gordon that didn't get the benefit of my full capabilities. You know, those soldiers are my heroes, too, because, you know, I owe them apology, but they also just did their jobs. They didn't they didn't use it against me and, and say, well, first sergeant's just drunk or first sergeant, you know, you know, it wasn't used to get they still did their jobs, they still show respect, they still knew I was a good person and didn't hold that kind of thing that, that against me. Um, and, you know, I don't know what number I'm on right now, good. but my, my wife now, um, Ryan, you know, she's, she didn't see all the, the, the shit that I went through, but she understands and she relates and she doesn't hold that over my head. She doesn't hold it against me. She supports, she's there. You know, she understands it's there. She understands what I went through. Um, and, you know, I've rebuilt my life with her, you know, as a man and being married and a husband. You know, she has two kids uh, as well. So our four kids come together. You know, we, we have our own family now. You know, that's something that you lose when, you, when you're drinking. So she's definitely one of my heroes now that we can have that kind of thing together. My man. So yeah. look. So I see I, I I did what I wanted to do. That was good. But I'm gonna give you credit for five because now the people who are watching it would be unlike me, DJ Royalty, to remix it and mix it back again. I'm not gonna let you go. You thought you were out of the hot seat. That was my way of getting you in. But I'm only gonna you you halfway through. I'm gonna give you these five that everybody wants to know because I know Ty and the guys want to know what your yeah. answer is. This, but I don't. I changed it up a little bit. But some of these I have to know from you. First okay. one. You have a choice. Bo Jackson or Barry Sanders? Who is a better football player? Man, both of them guys are, are men of character. Both of them are not cocky and arrogant. You know, they just do their job. Silent professionals. I just watched that show on Barry Sanders, so I'm going to have to go with Barry Sanders. Okay, Barry Sanders. All right. Now, who is a better basketball player? Allen Iverson or Steph Curry? I like Steph Curry. All right. Here we go. Ty, this one's for you. Now, Ty is your man, but I need an open you, Q, because I know that you know these two. Uh, Who's better, Prince or Michael Jackson? Oh, man. You got me on the spot on that one. Oh, yeah. You thought you was out the hot seat, but the fire's on the screen, so I got to yeah. put the more fire on you now. Come on, you got to do this one right, Q. I'm counting on you. Yeah, we got we got the icon, the you know the 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 king of pop, and we That's, got say say it, preach it, preach it. Yeah, the king of pop, and and Mister Pop his booty cheeks out on the stage with high heels on. <laughs> Which one? I'm not trying to lure you either way. I'm just I'm just saying. We're gonna go with Michael Jackson on this. Oh one. man, That's my man. <laughs> All right, this is the one right here. The last question of the day. This is All the right. one everybody knows what it's going to be, but I just All need right. to know for my people out there. LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. Damn, you answered that one fast. 
<laughs> Michael Jordan's my generation, man. All right. You officially come out of the hot seat, man. Give it up for my man, Q Smith. You know what I mean? You hey, I like how you talked him into Michael Jackson, though. That was good. <laughs> it was it was a really good sell. He was buying oh, it the whole man. time. He was leaning yeah. in. He was listening. And I thought he was going to get up and put his hand in the air. Used the, yeah. like, you did a good job on that one, Scott. Hey, I, you know, I try to try to get 50%, him. 50%, dude. 50%. I, I couldn't get him with the Michael Jordan and LeBron James one, man, but we were close. Oh, there was no there was no selling that one, bro. He, yeah. Oh, Jordan. That was quick. <laughs> well, Chris, Q, I appreciate you, man. Like I said, in my book, you're going to go up there as a true American hero just because of your heroism of, of wanting to fight and wanting to do better. I think that it is a, a, a loud message to speak to people out there that are looking for a reason to quit. You look for a reason not to, and you're still here and you're doing it, man. And for, for that, you are the, the hero of the day for me, sir, in my book, for sure. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, Ty, you bought them in. I mean, they, you got to. I, I did my thing. You know what I mean? I want you to. This is your man. <laughs> well, he's our man now. You know what I mean? He's, yeah, he's yeah. part of the family for sure. But I, it was awesome having him here on the on the Triple Threat Vet podcast. I don't know if you want to stay with us for the sport part of it. You're welcome to. Oh no, 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 he's staying. He's staying for he's the staying? sports. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah let's get to yeah, it. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna pick some of these games with us. I, I don't even think y'all know what what we're picking this this time. Well, I hope it's conference championship games. Okay, yeah. I hope you, I I just randomly chose some, so that'll work. Because well, there's only here. a couple played this weekend, so yeah. For the okay. record, for Ty's the record, people pick, like NCAA Division One quarterfinals. For the record, oh, no. our hero was right. I, I as, as much as it hurts me and makes me want to throw up in my mouth to say, <laughs> our hero was correct. CU didn't do what they he they CU did exactly what he said that they were going to do, and uh, I was wrong. Hey, so I, I, I I see I Dennis Green and Al every time he talks. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> 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 oh oh man. man, he tried. Why'd you have to circle it and make it special like that? That's not right. Uh, I, I had to have him feel a little bit special. I, I can't believe Ooh, that I got, got caught up in fandom and did, went 10 and 2. I should not have done that. I feel stupid. I feel like a fanboy. Next next year, I hope, I hope he stays. I hope he doesn't leave. I hope he's definitely staying in Colorado, and I hope they do better next year. Yeah, he's going to stay. He's going to hey, stay. Man. They're but, be better. but for this, this week that happened, for real, Ty, I – Man, I got to know how the hell did I only lose one game this week? And it was the one that I thought was a lock, man. How is Kentucky gonna go in and beat Louisville like that? Yeah, that's, uh, that was yeah. a stalker. I was yeah. Hey, we got a funny story was like uh, divided on that one. So yeah, I I got a funny story about a Kentucky football game. So uh Quentin went to a Kentucky football game when his uh Florida Gators played in Lexington. And uh, like he called me, I think it was during the game, and it was a call where it says uh, the entire interior line takes down Tim Tebow just to rub it in. He would just hang. He would call me, say that, and just hang up. You know, that's that's kind of relationship we have. Well, I called you one time when Tebow was about to score on a jump pass, and you hung up on me. Yeah, damn right. Yeah. Hey, but since Tebow, how's it been? It's been nothing. <laughs> Tim Tebow. He still goes and hangs out though. <laughs> he just got put in the Hall of Fame this weekend. Nice. Yeah. 
All right, so here here's the uh here's the the picks from last week. Yep. And and the final standings for this season is I I won. You and, and the only reason you won is cuz I purposely picked against FSU. Yeah. We had we had to have a game that we didn't pick the same or we'd be tied and how that wouldn't be very fun. I'm just because, happy I'm not in the base. I just I mean here's here's a point that no one's made. We we chose FSU because at the beginning, I, I that last game we said who we think is going to be the best team, and I was like, I don't know, FSU is probably going to win it this year. Yep. And that's why they were there because I thought they were going to yeah, win yeah. national championship. No, no hands down, I'm, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, that's I, what I, 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 yeah, I was like. Yep. Like I think Quentin just disconnected when you said that. Yeah, he might have. He might have. Anyway, I, I knew better than to pick the, the stinking ass Gators. I was like, you know, what? I got to pick one different than Ty, and I was hoping. Maybe I got lucky and I did not. Mm, here we go. In, in my so defense, I should be, We I should have one, two, three. We have five games to pick this week, and you've already given yourself the title, man. I think Al could come back on you this week and 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 take one for the for the. Oh no, that's that's the regular season's over. That's championship time now, baby. I mean, we can we can go week by week if you want to do like a little gentleman's. No, no, no. You know what? No, no, no. We're good. We're good because yeah, this yeah, you gonna get real. This is gonna get okay. real right now because I don't have. Yeah, to I mean. These will I don't have to be in my feelings anymore picking Colorado, <laughs> so I'm good to yeah. go. You know what? In my defense, hey. man, we should have won. We should be eight and two. Should be. Hey, and I should be six inches taller and have two inches left. <laughs> Whatever. No, you should Hey, you know what? Penis and I don't. So wow. Uh, hold well, on. Look, we're, we're oh even, my god. Even hey, did Julie you see? You. Uh, but did you see the, the the comment Dion was making? I saw some social media stuff where Dion went on the thing and he goes, "Yeah." All these kids wanted to be on TV. They wanted to be in the limelight. They wanted to be shown in, in these big games, and they wanted to be noticed. He goes, but they didn't listen because sometimes when that comes, you have to perform. And when that comes, it's hard to perform. So he kind of was like, they got all they wanted, but they couldn't handle it. And so now maybe they're going to be like, we're ready to listen. Dion. Man, every game except for those two that they got blown out, they were one bad call away from, from being hey, where they need to be. And I would tell you, Julie will contest. That that last game, you know, the, the last game, man, they took a touchdown away from us. Nobody wants to talk about that. But if you watch the game, and I'm sure you guys didn't watch it, you guys just wanted to see them lose. No, if you no, I did. The game, that catch, man, was a touchdown catch. For them to take that away, that was all the way bad business, man. It seems like people don't, they just want to see Deion lose, man. But that's okay. Next year, it's not going to be that way. We're going to win. That's all I got to say about Let's that. flash more football. That's all I can tell Dion. Let's flash more football. Let's 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 play and perform instead of looking like we can perform. And then Dang, look at Julie. Julie said Colorado should be 8 and 2. Scott is right. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm, thank you Julie. That's what I'm saying. Me and Julie going to You know what Julie me and you're going to watch football. But we me we're going to watch football together cuz everybody they're not understanding. They just you know it is what it is, but I, I'll, I'll have a I'll podcast take, and choose some championship games. Yeah, well, let's get to it, man. I'm I'm ready for this. All right, go ahead. I you want you want to go first? Nope, I don't want to go first. As a matter of fact, I think I'll go Al, first. Al should go first because I know that what he's going to do. He's going to wait for us to make our picks no, to I'm make not. his picks. I want to see what he. I want to see him say. I'll go first. I, I already know my picks, so I'll, I'll go first. I know my picks right. I can scream them out. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Okay. All right, Georgia, Georgia and Alabama. I got Alabama. Uh, Michigan and Iowa. I got Michigan. FSU and Louisville. I got FSU. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma State. I got uh, Texas. 
And Oregon and Washington, I got Oregon. Mine is going to be the same as yours, Ty, with the exception I think Oklahoma State is going to beat Texas. All right, you got to say them because I got to ride them real quick. I got Alabama over Georgia. Okay. I'm going to take Michigan over Iowa. Gotcha. I am going to take FSU over Louisville. Okay, and then this is the difference? Yep, Oklahoma State is going to beat Texas by three points. Gotcha. Oregon is going to beat Washington for sure. Damn, that was specific as hell, bro. Would you on that Back to Future car or what? Yeah, because I I don't have to. I'm just a loyal person. I had to be loyal (laughs) to my CU, and it cost me put me all the way to the bottom. But that's okay. I'll be at the bottom. I'll, I'll do that. That's funny. The piece. So let's that. see here. So I'm gonna go now. We'll let Al go 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 later on, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm different. I think Georgia's gonna win. I think Alabama. I think Georgia has their number. Georgia's winning. Okay. I'm Georgia. gonna take Michigan. I'm gonna take Florida State. I also agree with Scott. I think Oklahoma State's hot. They're gonna take that game, and I'm gonna okay. take Washington. Washington, bro. Yep. Over Oregon. Watch. Okay. Congrat. All right. I'll take that. Hmm. All right. No, it's uh, Al, Al, okay. yeah, go ahead. Going, I mean, I might as well just said whatever Matt says. That's exactly what I was going to. I'm going Georgia. I'm going Michigan. I'm going FSU. I'm going Oklahoma State. I'm going Washington. Yeah. Mm. Willis <laughs> knows nothing. <laughs> My man Q, it's on what? you, big dog. We got Alabama over Georgia, Michigan over Iowa. Uh, FSU combined opponent record is 60-something to 70-something. Uh, they're not going to beat Louisville. Louisville's going to win that game. Mm. Texas is going to beat Oklahoma State, and Oregon's going to win. Mm, that's a nice little – Dang, he just dumped he, on Florida State, bro. Really, he sounded very uh, – nah, very um, State pick, dude. He I, was like, I'm straining, and it's coming out yeah. right now. I he was really very confident when he said winning. I'm just okay. really sad at you guys that y'all really like, oh, Georgia's overrated. Y'all are fucking nuts, but okay. <laughs> National champions. What you talking about? Well, hold on. But hold on. If we rewind a couple of things, there's a couple of games that you didn't even pick Georgia to win. I know that. I know that. But that was normally I would pick against them when I wanted to win because I had bad luck. But I'm just saying, Alabama, everybody's on Al- that Alabama dick all every year. Alabama's about to get their fucking shit drove again. And then when we play Michigan, we're gonna beat that ass. Too. Yeah, but we already we already know that even like whoever loses that game is still in the final four, bro. Oh, I doubt it. Yeah. If, if Georgia Alabama, loses if that Alabama, game, they're Alabama, still in. Where's Alabama? The only way Alabama's out of the top four is if they lose. Well, they're number eight right now, right? Or seven? Where are they at? Yeah, right now? come on, dude. We're talking bro, about final four. They gotta make that money. Everybody hates the SEC. That's the problem. It was that's where the money's if, made. If Alabama beats Georgia. There will be no SEC team in the top four because everybody's a fucking SEC hater. Whatever. How Thank how you. could you how could you say not? They won't. Alabama won't jump. How up do to- you say no to Georgia after three straight years of winning and no losing, and they lose one game? Because everybody's a bunch of haters, bro. I mean, I don't know. I see. I'm Kirby trying Sparks. to be on your side. If Kirby I, Smart, I think I'm looking if, at that Kirby, G behind you. It's hypnotizing hey, me. I don't know what's if, going on. Hey, if Kirby Smart loses, I bet he goes to A and M. That pump. Let's go, Kirby. <laughs> Throw that game, baby. Please <laughs> <laughs> don't, Kirby. <laughs> it's going down. He's like, I already it's got a contract down. there anyway. This one don't matter. Whatever. I was gonna talk shit and say if Georgia wins this year, I'm gonna get a Georgia tattoo on my penis, but I don't have enough penis to do it, so it'll just have to be the G and the A. Like I can't get the full let all the letters, but I'll just put get the, the G. I'll, 
I'll just, put, yeah, yeah, that's probably you're probably right. It's, it is kind of cold. I'll put the G on there. Just get a G, a A, and a Y. Why? Because it's little. And bro, I, I don't have enough room. Need. Three letters, bro. So I said I'm gonna do the, either the one or the two. Oh man. Even when it stretches out a little bit, you ain't got room for the Y. Now you could put you. We know how you how you people roll. You could probably spell out the University of Georgia at Athens. <laughs> no. like, you know, people. You people. You people. You no. can write University of Georgia. At Athens and the zip code, all that I, shit. I'm on my first part. I got like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious <laughs> on, the, on the first part. I got to go back to get the second part done. Julie, I hope we're not doing basketball because I don't watch it. I don't watch it. I hope we're not. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think they can hang in the basketball. We might have to do that uh, on a separate podcast. That shit's tough. I don't even know we're that. just going to do the final. We're, we're, we're going to do the March Madness because you don't got to be good at that. You just pick things. Be like, yeah. where's that school? I, I Kentucky, know Kentucky. I know Kentucky, Kentucky for sure. Kentucky, uh, Gonzaga, <laughs> Indiana. I know the teams that win. I don't know. Send them to the top. Yeah. Well, well, I just want I want to tell you, um, Q Dog, or that's that's what I affectionately call him. Um, a lot of a lot of us that were in that uh, click, I guess it was. Uh, it, it, it was a pleasure serving with you all those years. It was a pleasure being around you. I know that we probably said some horrible things to each other and we both know why we probably said those things. And, uh, I, I'm so grateful that you were always there for me. And, uh, I know, I hope, you know, I'll always be here for you. So thanks brother. Thank you for uh, coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me on there. I feel the same way about you. Ditto. Word. You know. are, we, are, 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 y'all, are we about to watch some 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 sex with <laughs> like, y'all about to be fucking with hats off is that what we is that how we're about to get out hey, some of this right here yeah right real quick though we're about to be done so i want to i want everybody to look real quick so i'm wearing a hoodie today it's one of our new designs that the t-shirt company has coming out uh that you can see in december but our man ty is wearing a shirt today that is going to be available for sale for the podcast. You guys have heard him say it. He talks about it all the time. So if you're looking to wax poetic, be on the lookout for that. If you want to get a pre-order on it, hit tie up on a message, and then we will get it uh, sent in this way for sure. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So should we do it? Is it that time? Yeah. Hey, hey, you got anything else you you, uh, you want to say? Who? No. Oh, Q. No, yeah. no. I, I think we said not tonight. I'm good. All right, Q. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's done. He's done talking. Yeah. He's, I said it. I'm good. Yeah, I ain't going to say no more. Man. He's over this bullshit. Hey, but I, I will be, uh, if I don't talk to you after the show tonight, I'll uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'd like to talk to you on the phone. Yeah, I got to drive to Columbia tomorrow, so I'll call you in the morning. Uh, absolutely. Cool. All right, then. All right, we'll talk to you later. All right. Ladies and gentlemen and people all around, for you who have, uh, this is your first time viewing the Triple Threat Bet Podcast, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for looking. Thank you for following and all that good stuff. For those of you that keep on coming back, we love you. We appreciate you. It's for you why we do what we do. If there's one thing I can say about our guest today, he is the epitome of getting back up. You might get knocked down, but you got to get back up and fight to uh, live to fight another day. So if anybody out there is feeling like you have any reason to give up fight, never give up fight. You have to look for that reason to get up and fight again. Call a friend. 
you have to make sure that you live to see the better you. And the only way you can do that is you got to get up tomorrow, open your eyes and try. That's my message for today. You can do it. All you have to do is put your mind to it. You can do it. So my man Q is a living testament that if you put your mind to it, you can get up and do it. So for anybody who needs that message that needs to hear it, it doesn't matter how far you go down. You can always get back up. So get back up. Come see us again. This is the Triple Threat Vet Podcast. I am DJ Royalty. Up to the top is my man, Al Hero. Al Hero, what you got for the people out there? Nothing. Appreciate you guys. Uh, love, love all you guys for sure. Love you, David. I'll see you on there, brother. My man. And up upstairs to my, what was that? To my left, to my right on this side is my big dog, my brother, Matt. Big Matt, what you got for the people before you leave? Uh, the only thing I want to promote is uh, if you're in the Fulcher, Texas area this uh, Saturday, 2nd of December, you saw it in the podcast and the ads. We're doing a uh, meet the author with Vincent Rocco Vargas. We had him on the podcast uh, last week. What's up, everybody? Uh, he'd be a pleasure to talk to. He's going to have you know, a lot of fun to have out there. So if you're out there in the area, please come by and see us. If you want to buy a book, we still have a few available for purchase that he will sign. And uh, if you if you purchase one from us, it's a free pint at the uh, at Project Halo because, you know, they're trying to support the event as well. And then other than that, uh, I did want to shout out Julian Henderson. I know you know yep. him there. Oh, Big Blake. Uh, it's good to see you, man. I hope the twins aren't keeping you up too late because they're getting older. It probably means there's a big a, a much bigger handful. But uh, yeah, that's it. My see man. you on Saturday and, uh, you know, stay safe out there. For sure. Yeah, shout out to my man Julian Henderson. I saw you out there. <clears throat> my man T.Y., the fly guy, waxing poetic once again. What you got for the people, man? Thanks for bringing your guy on, man. He was great. Yeah, I, lo- I love uh, sharing the sentiment. This is exactly, you know, what I've talked about a hundred times is I-, I love letting those people know who had a huge effect on me during my career, how, how amazing I thought they were. And then to see how successful they are in their transition. That's what it's all about. Just giving that one person the hope that they can do that, you know, to have a better known business that they can do that to go get therapy. Uh, that's what this is all about. Just sharing stories and then being about that action to, uh, you know, get right, you know, just like, uh, what Project Zero uh, says, uh, just get out there. So, yeah. Appreciate it. This is a great show for me. I loved having him on. Yeah, for sure. All right, my man. Well, I will say this. We are coming up on the holiday time. Some of you guys have spent Thanksgiving with your fan, friends and family. You know, I, I, I have some friends that I know that this time could be a downtime too because with COVID and things that happen in life, a lot of family members and friends and stuff aren't here anymore to celebrate with us. So sometimes this time of the year could be a downer time. But I would challenge you to take advantage of every moment that you have, right? Death is something that is part of life and we have to know how to move forward from it. So I challenge you to not be down. Even if you don't have money to buy people Christmas presents and things that they need for Christmas, it's not about that. Find you somebody that you can call that you can talk to, that you can that you can spend some time and motivate and think about the things, the beautiful things in life that we still have today. So I just want you guys to get up, get out, do something great. I want your next you to be your best you. And if you ever want to have a place to go, to have an ear with people who have a like-minded that, that have some feelings like you, come on to the Triple Threat Vet Podcast. We're on live every Thursday at 8 o'clock. 
So until we see you again, all you guys who are listening, all you guys who are following, I love you. Peace be with you. Happy holidays. And I'll see you on the next one. I am DJ Royalty. And we out of here.